ride. That's right. I love that. That's something one of my close friends, well, you know, a few people might see it, but my best friend's boyfriend says that. And I hear it all the time. Fuck yeah. That's right. He's playing tonight at Concourse. So that's beautiful. That was like a full circle moment. Well, let's for ride. Me. Sorry. Yeah, let's ride. <laughs> what, what's his name? His name is Zach, um, but his stage name is All Talk, and he's opening for Oliver tonight, Oliver Hill. Nice. Oh, wow. Cool. For dancing. Are you, I was going to say, are you dancing mm-hmm. for that? It's, it's going to be one of the, I mean, we can talk about the podcast too, but it's going to be- Is that why you came in full shuffle gear? Kind of. It's also yeah. on brand. But then it's I was true. like, I, I was about to put on uh, like a casual civilian clothing, That's but then crazy. I texted my girlfriend's last second. I was like, wait, but I'm still wearing the jacket because I feel comfortable this way. But absolutely, had to wear the rave stuff. Rep it, yeah. Casual civilian. We were going to wear some candy. We were like, maybe that's overkill. <laughs> I, sh- I should have brought y'all candy to, to trade or something. I have extra. That would have been I good. Told you. Yeah, I, I told know. you. I was like, let's wear candy. <laughs> I thought that would be ridiculous. You're going to embarrass oh, us. Oh, no. That's so <laughs> We're ravers, dude. I don't know. We're adults we're, now. We're like slightly older ravers, though. Yeah. We're the, we're the best, though. We're the most mature. Exactly. It's the most mature crowd. It's amazing. Yeah. Until we wear candy. Until you wear candy. And then you read all that. Yeah, we'll be like the first generation of real old ravers. Because there are old, old ravers. They're mm-hmm. like from the like 90s that are probably in their 50s now. Mm-hmm. Right? But we'll be, I feel like from the mainstream-ish when it like popped off and kept going. Because right. it was underground for the most part. Yeah. For all like And now 10, it's so mainstream and commercial. And even techno specifically, which is my favorite. It's just yeah. becoming commercial as we speak. Yeah. When did you get in the rave scene? 2015 was my first festival. 2015. So it's been a little bit. I mean, eight years or so. That was right after high school. But I started raving in South Texas, which is crazy, like crazy in a great way. But that's when you start raving in the valley, a little closer to the border, and the festivals are just on another level. The people are crazy. So I feel like I started raving very... um, I, I loved when I started raving, but also the people were amazing. And that's when I started changing as a person because I was like, whoa, people can love you like this. People are so sweet to you. This is a community-based type of thing. And then, I mean, it just grew from there. Well, tell us about that first rave. I'm super curious mm. about a border rave. I know. <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, it was very, uh, it doesn't happen anymore for a few different reasons, but it was called UME, Ultimate Music Experience. And it was in South Padre Island, Texas. And... My first rave was a festival. That's why it was just so different for me. But I mean, the people there just changed my life. And it was on that strip in South Padre Island. So you kind of enter that island part and you don't leave. It's like a black hole. But I mean, the people were crazy. Um, yeah, I don't want to say anything too crazy, but. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, no, we, we, you unless, can't say unless, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Unless that you have a boundary that you don't want to say anything. <laughs> you don't have to. But this is a two fun guys podcast. Mm-hmm. You, all can right, say all right. you can let it rip. Yeah. So, I mean, I just went with my friends and there's this moments you don't remember. There's moments you do. But at that time, I was also in college and it was my first year of cheerleading, which really attributes to who I am as a person. I mean, doing cheerleading in college, one was great for me because it supported my academics. Um, I'm a first generation college student. My dad's military benefits are helping pay for my college. And so now I also have scholarship through cheerleading. So I was pretty disciplined and I was held accountable through my coach. But on the weekends, what she didn't know is that the cheerleaders were getting in someone's vehicle and driving three hours south and just going to this festival for the weekend. And it was just amazing. And we would come back and make cheer practice at 7 a.m. on Monday morning <laughs> and hadn't slept yet, like still still on something. So it was really, really fun. But the, just those type of stories where you're just deep in the crowd and the, and the sea of people. I still look back on the videos and um, just connection, just connection. Because I'm from a very, very, very small town. And I mean small. Like my graduating class at one point was 22 people. Very small. And so mm, almost any sense of that type of community might have been mind-blowing for me you know it was just something so new to me but raving edm and even that lineup that year was insane and from there it's just just blown up so much and i also kind of started promoting around then too i've always enjoyed marketing and enjoyed being on social media so i became a little promoter through disco donnie and and started connecting even more and more with texas ravers texas rave culture is a little bit different than any other place as it should be why is that it's a little bit more dubstepy, webby. Um, Even in Austin, though. So here in Austin, it's a little unique because we have real music events, and yeah. now we have Concourse Music Project to host these amazing acts and these huge bills that come through. So for that reason, 
I think the house and techno culture here is just the best, one of the best in the United States, for sure. For that reason, we're blessed. But I mean, when you go more South Texas, it's more webby. So okay, because I was always, I was, yeah, I was always curious. I'm a total bass head. I mean, I'm a house head and a techno head too. But uh-huh. my first love is is bass, and that's the thing that my one gripe with Austin is like, I love the concourse. I love <laughs> all the house music. Like my heart beats at 128, and I'm a shuffler too, like you, uh-huh. not quite as. Proficient, You're an amazing shuffler. But, oh, stop it. But <laughs> yeah, there's not as much bass here as I'm used to because mm-hmm. we both come from Seattle. Super heavy in the bass. Really? Yeah. Okay. Tons of bass. Okay. I've only been to Seattle for Boo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very webby. Very bassy. Very yeah. bassy. Very webby, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So were you a big fan of electronic music before you went to your first rave or was that a thing that opened your eyes to it? You know what? That's such a great question because I realized I was doing the running man. I was doing shuffling over 10 years ago. I only know this. I don't really remember, but I was looking back on my Facebook, you know, memories and they kind of bring something up and people were posting on my wall over 10 years ago. They were like, Hey, post another video doing the running man. And I look back (laughs) on that and I'm like, Whoa, I didn't even know I was posting then. I was posting weird dance videos. I've always been posting on MySpace days, PC for PC. Shout out if anyone like knows those those little things. Uh, Facebook, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Where was I going with that? Did you listen to EDM oh, oh, oh. before the rave? Yeah, I did. And then Skrillex was also really kind of popular back in mm-hmm. that day. So you hear those sounds and you don't realize exactly what it is. But of course, I would like listen to it, getting myself pumped up before high school games or something, but having no idea what it could have been. But I knew looking back, I was attracted to those electronic sounds and those weird, weird different sounds. And lo and behold, you fast forward a little bit and you realize like this is what that is. Mm-hmm. Even going to that festival I'm talking about in 2015, I didn't realize really what it was. Um, I had a girlfriend that invited me and that's where the doors just opened and blew my mind. So music is beautiful, though. I also love music and I love music theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will you take us back to and tell us what the word plywood means to you? <laughs> yes. Oh, that is so special. And it's so crazy to see how like that word and what that has become to not only me, but really people who have grown up with me in social media, which is even crazy to say that itself. But there was a piece of plywood that my father uh, had in his backyard. And my father, I love my father. He is an amazing provider. He's a Marine. He's just been so hard on me in a great way. Like, I'm so thankful for my father, um, just just to say who he is a little bit. But I lived with him while I was in college, and he had a piece of plywood. And I would always put this piece of plywood on the grass in his backyard that he cared for so well. So it was it was tough for him in the beginning to have me just putting down this piece of wood in his grass, and he just didn't understand what I was doing. But I just started dancing on it and dancing on it and dancing on it. And I would post these videos every single day, like for minimum two hours, which is just so beautiful to think about, like the time I would commit to a little silly dance. And I was always falling over, didn't even know what I was entirely doing. But eventually my father saw that I needed that. I was also going through a really, really hard time in life. And I like to turn that, you know, trauma into testimony type thing, but really just dancing through passion. And my dad didn't have, he's not a man of much words, but he just let it happen. Once he saw the impact and he just saw how passionate I was, and he especially started to see the connections I was building online because I was like always on my phone or always going on Instagram live or something like that. But that piece of plywood for months on end and years was just such a sacred place. And it's a piece of wood, right? And now it seems like I still dance on a piece of wood. For instance, this piece of platform I get to dance on at my residency concourse or this past weekend at Seismic Dance Event. It's just an amplified piece of wood. And Hmm, it's, it's absolutely cool to see the evolution. But yeah, I mean, if I say the word plywood, like a lot of people know what that is. They know where it's at. They they envision that backyard that I spent so much time in so many videos. I also grew up in, in music there as well, techno specifically. So it means a lot to a lot of people. And it means so much to me and my dad. He understands now. It's funny. I just had a recent party. <clears throat> I call it a shuffle pachanga because I'm Mexicana. But um, I celebrated two years of shuffle classes in Austin, Texas recently. And because of that, I threw a big party for everyone and my dad came. And he's, he knows and sees what's going on, but to be in a room and physically see people and, and the 
community we've built and the way we are towards each other. Um, he did tear up. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but you could see him get emotional. And I did give a nice shout out to the piece of plywood. So he understands. I love that. But that's the piece of plywood. Mm-hmm. If you ever learn how to DJ, you can be DJ plywood. <laughs> DJ plywood. <laughs> <laughs> it could be one of my characters in yeah, Shop Yeah, exactly. Your alter I, ego. Uh-huh. It really can be. Mm-hmm. Has your dad come to see you perform at a rave or a big show? He hasn't, you know, and now that you say that, I should invite him because mm-hmm. my mom and my grandma are coming tomorrow night. Maybe I'll Mom, Papa. Dad. I know. No, doing? you're right. I should actually invite him. I never thought about yeah. that. Especially if he was backstage and like seeing an yeah. angle of him experiencing you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would that blow his mind? so cool. It would be, I'm pretty sure it would blow his mind. Yeah. He might make a raver out of him. <laughs> It's never too late. It's never too late. Never too late to write. It makes me just soft thinking about it. Yeah, I'm just so thankful for my father. And, you know, we all grow through the years. And him having a daughter like me, I'm sure, has uh, pushed him. And he's pushed me. And especially growing through the years of college as well. Mm-hmm. And What do you so, mean a daughter like you? Were you a daughter you like push me, back a lot? I do. I do. He's a very strong man. And I'm such a strong girl. And I, uh, if someone... You know, I just don't take much, much BS or if someone just, anyways, my mouth has gotten loud with my dad, but my dad has given it back to me. And again, like he's just, I could never, I'm so thankful for my dad. I would not be where I am today without my dad. Of course, he's the number one person I can count on. And then I've always said, and I've said to him, if there's like a zombie apocalypse, I would go straight to my dad. Like I trust him with my life. So it seems as he's instilled in you quite a bit of discipline and focus that you've applied to just growing your business Correct. and your personal brand. Yes. Yeah. He's always pushed me in that way too. Yeah. Yeah. You take almost a militaristic approach to mm-hmm. shuffling, which is why you've become like the <laughs> most <laughs> prominent shuffler. One of the most prominent shufflers out there. Cause you were yeah. actually, if I'm not mistaken, you were the first or at least one of the first people to be dubbed to the title of professional shuffler. Correct. Definitely in the United States. Yeah, that's crazy impressive. Mm -hmm. I know. It's really crazy. And it's funny you say that because people have called me, have called my teaching style sometimes militant. It's hilarious. But That's um, what my mom said when she came to your (laughs) class. Really? No, she didn't say she was militant. She she loves Sierra. <laughs> I love Tony and his mom. No, absolutely. Yeah, his mom's the best. She she's is, the greatest. And she yeah. did so great too. I mean, didn't expect yeah. anything less, but she's also a professional dancer. So Side note, I've always said shuffling is not hard, it's just fundamental. And if you just tap in for a little bit towards the beginning stages, and we can go into that in a little bit when it comes to like beginning shuffling, but uh, it was just so much fun. Yeah. And the classes are always like that, but so much discipline. You're right. I mean, so much focus. He's And he, again, he always challenges me. Like even one time in college, I just wasn't doing my homework. And he just was like, he's like, how are you even in college if you're not doing your homework? Like, like wow. just always pushing me for sure. I'm so thankful for that. I mean, to be fair, you should have been doing I should have been doing my homework. (laughs) I was thankful he died. No, you're right. I was like, I did it in study hall. But um, no, he's great. Yeah. When did your shuffling from hobby go into getting gigs and profession and taking it into business? Yeah, great question. The lines can be blurry because it kind of happens from one day to the next. And you're like, what's even happening right now? It really, I would say, kickstarted when I joined Bang Energy, which was 2019, uh, Bang Energy is that you know popular drink. But at this time, and in these days, people don't really know about this, which is crazy to me how how this dance can live through seasons. Because I brought it up to some newer people, they don't know what this is. But back in the day, Bang Energy hired out some shufflers. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember like these ads are fire, insane, so good. And you're like shuffle mainstream or just like rave dancing in general. Crazy, so cool. There was a Bang drink in everyone's hands. Like the the virality. I don't know if that word is correct, but was absolutely uh, across the shuffle community. It was in everyone's hands. Mm. Even if you weren't hired as Bang, I feel like people really wanted that and so the classic you know take a sip put the drink down dance in front of the can was really popular but of course I was also enticed too and the girls that were dancing at the time who are now my best friends today which is so crazy to think about they were on the team and I was kind of a late straggler and um, I remember flying to Dallas trying out for Bang Energy using all my money and I came back to Corpus Christi because that's where I was from and where I was born still living with my dad and uh, made the team and soon after that I got invited to go to Colombia with bang um the first time i've ever traveled was four years ago like i've never been outside of texas never been on a plane and now i've traveled the world because of shuffling but i remember when i told my dad i was going to colombia he didn't believe it either he's like sierra like are you sure (laughs) i'm like i'm actually not sure but 
it happened and it came and it, it, it was beautiful. But around that time, long story short, with Bang Energy was when they started hiring out us shufflers and putting us in a position to perform on this stage. And even in Colombia, we were next to, I mean, it's always like expos. We were also next to just different stages and different dancers like Zumba and all those things. So you can kind of imagine the context of how our stage might have looked like. But just this essence of taking around, performing, switching out with other dancers. And so we were hired as professional shufflers on paper for the first time ever. That's that's how I saw my name next to it. And from there, I think that instilled confidence in me. And I was like, okay, this is cool. But even at that time, I had no idea it could be a full-time career. I was still just having fun. Really, I still am. But that was that. And from there on, I continued to dance, be on social media. And a huge part of the equation today here is my location mm -hmm. here in Texas and here in Austin, because I have the beautiful opportunity of you know having that residency spot at concourse now and then if you don't see me dancing in texas it's probably because i made that deal myself and i'm dancing directly with the artist so that's how that kind of grew into i mean it's a mix of having those connections from way back when and growing into performance opportunities today because i posted on social media and because i've always been loud and proud and passionate and a mix of living in the right spot at the right time but even kelly gray the owner of concourse music project she was in my dms when I had less than 10,000 followers, when I was in Corpus Christi, telling me to send her videos. Like she was interested in whatever I had going on years ago. Wow. So all of it's a beautiful divine story, really. Would you say that you had a vision for everything that you've created mm -hmm. or it just kind of completely unfolded? You just dance and dance and things appear or start to manifest around you or? Mm -hmm. Completely unfolded and manifested. That's mm -hmm. so cool. It's wild and it's like pure flow moment, state the whole time mm -hmm. absolutely i mean this is still stuff that i need to process this week after what this weekend was this weekend alone brought a couple full circle moments that i could never imagine but then again i can because one of one big manifestation thing and one big moment in my career that's happened is i got to dance for my favorite artist and producer t78 this past weekend but even back then i mean on my piece of plywood all i did was dance to T78 and tag him. And you think, oh, I would love to dance for this guy. I would love to dance for this guy. But you never really understand how that's going to happen or what that's going to look like. So. Well, that's like you're surrendering to the vision. Like mm -hmm. You have a vision to it mm -hmm. and you're doing the work required. Mm -hmm. But it's this detachment from the outcome that I think was so. Correct. Powerful. Correct. There's a book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer, the same guy that wrote Untethered Soul. And it's all about that. Like his life became like this experiment to surrendering. And it seems like <laughs> that's what you've done too. Like you had this vision, but you weren't married to the concept mm -hmm. of it. You did the work and you definitely did the work because at one point you had like 25 social media accounts mm -hmm. that you were managing. Like <laughs> yes, that's, a, that's a lot of fucking work. <laughs> it so was. it's not like it just happened magically, mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that's really impressive. And mm -hmm. not a lot of people can tote that line. Mm -hmm. and, and I like that point because I've always thought about my why and my testimony rather than the how or what are going to be the steps to get there in between of just no attachment, that as well, and just, you know, leaning on my passion, trusting in that. Um, I think a huge thing that's helped me throughout my journey is I've always been huge on community and collaboration. Mm -hmm. And you look back and you realize <clears throat> the things I might get today or just the connections I have. The reason I dance for someone is because I've always stood on that pillar of community and connection and not really this huge attachment to things, just going with the flow and surrendering. So I like that word. But I've always been about like, what's my why? And why do I do this? Which is really my family and myself. Mm -hmm. That's your why? Is that your full why? At the core of it, I would say my grandma and my mom. And, you know, life was a little hard growing up for myself. And now that I'm here, I'm just happy to be alive. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think with great pain comes great love. You can recognize that it's like very black and white for me. So also when it comes to choosing who I want to be surrounded by or who my friends are or how I want to spend my time, like those decisions these days are so easy for me to do. There's no blur blurry lines. You know, I can't be around energy or just people who are not fully for me. Or if I know someone's not going to be in my life in 20 years or the uncle to my kids or something, then they just, I don't need to be spending extra time with them. But um, anyways, time is valuable. So I'm, I'm very just, I love my family and just, I try and give back to my grandma. My grandma did help me out a lot and she raised me along with the rest of my family. So I mm. think about them a lot. And a quick story about my grandma. You know, my grandma my family was very, very poor. And so my grandma is a phenomenal dancer. I came out of the womb dancing with my grandma. We have dance routines. She would pick <laughs> me up. I mean, that lady can move her hips along with my mom. Um, 
so when she was coming up to her cheer tryouts, she just couldn't afford it. They never could. I mean, my great grandmother just they all wanted to dance and do cheerleading so bad. And then when I get to my age, I was also just a really good cheerleader growing up. I was a really good dancer and sometimes we couldn't afford it either. But my dance teachers would still put me in the front and pay for my tuition. And I knew these things as they were happening. But even as a kid, you don't really understand what that means. Mm. But I was in the front. The coaches were paying for me because they wanted me in the classroom and they just wanted to put me in a good place, knowing like kind of maybe how my childhood might have been. So they just wanted me to get in the studio and, and be busy, be a creative child. So my grandma did so much for me. So... For example, her coming tomorrow night, I'm so excited about it. This is her second show at Concourse, but this is for her too. This is so beautiful for her to see. She is so happy to watch me just live out these dreams. And, and she'll tell that story herself. She told it at my Shuffle Pachanga how in the last few seconds of her trying out for this cheer team growing up, she had to cross out her name because they just, you know, couldn't afford it or that was her story. So she kind of lives through me and I don't mind it. How did she enjoy <laughs> her first show? She looked at the crowd and said, this crowd size is bigger than our hometown. That was her first thing that she <laughs> <Wow>. said. Because <laughs> it is, it is. And she's never seen anything like it. Wow. Um, she's also just a little naive to the fact of like who an artist might be or what backstage is versus general admission. So she's funny. She, she, I mean, she went into Oliver Heldon's green room and she's like, oh, I've heard so much about you. And she's like making these jokes with him. And now they're best friends. So <laughs> I just love her her spirit. I love her character. She had a blast. She made friends that night. And I love her. <laughs> so she's so excited to come back tomorrow. And even people at Concourse know her. They'll just like know her as my grandma. So she's a little raver. Little 4, 410 raver. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's She'll such have a cool candy, experience. Yeah. She'll have candy? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. it's I, I'm going to blur with her. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, I'm going to trade her candy. That's amazing. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I love that so much. I have a, a question regarding a transition that you've made. So quick backstory, I was a rower. That was my sport. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that rowing is the second most team-centric sport there is because mm. you have to be so in sync with everybody and like one millisecond off and the whole thing is messed up. You have to be super dialed in with mm -hmm. everybody in your boat. The only sport that's more team-centric, in my opinion, is cheer mm. because you also have to be super dialed in. But- you can also be doing something completely different, but still have to be dialed in. And you're throwing people in the air, catching right. people, spinners, flyers, all that stuff. And so one small mistake can really injure somebody, whereas one small mistake in a boat, you might just get ejected out of the boat. Mm. So I've always seen cheer as the most team-centric sport. And I'm curious what it's like to go from something so team-centered to something like shuffling where, you know, unless you're dancing with a crew – you're really just solo mm -hmm. and it's your practice and you're kind of in your zone. Mm -hmm. What's that like moving from something so team centric to something more solo? Yeah, that shift from moving from that team environment to what I live now has been a shift, but I'm, I've taken the qualities of it. And I think those qualities have really held me up and helped my business. Cheerleading was a blast. Growing up in sports was a blast. My actual first love was basketball. Um, and then we get into cheerleading in college because I tried out and I earned a scholarship and I'm still kind of naive in that sense. I'm like, oh, I could do this. So I did it and then I become head cheerleader. And I uh, I remember one year, I really learned how to be a leader basically. But there was one year where the word of the year was humility for me. Hmm. And yeah, I mean, I use these qualities today and just use it in my team environments. I used it this weekend when... Um, we had the shuffle team and I'm the leader of it, you know, I'm the team captain and between communication and making every, making sure everyone feels loved and empowered and encouraged and ready to do their job because no one's done this for the first time shuffling. It's so new on, on a performance level. I still hold those same qualities. So I'm so happy about that. I, I think back in the greatest memories of my life were on that cheer team and I still have my best friends from that cheer team. I'm the maid of honor for my best friend who I was on that cheer team with, you know, those, those are my people for life. But I came out 10 times a better woman than I did going into that cheer team. And now I still carry over that same love and, and team building community leadership qualities today and shuffling. I know that's why it's helped me be successful. And dare I say professional, professional. And that is a huge thing in shuffling right now that I know has helped me. And because you got to think in college, I mean, I was head cheerleader. My face was on the billboards. I was, you know, babysitting the dean's grandchildren. I was just no cussing on social media. None of that, just clean and professional and ready to inspire the younger generations. 
So all of those qualities helped me today mm. in shuffling as an individual, as a leader, as someone who contributes to group environments. Like in two days, I'm dancing at Dream State in California and I'm on another team in that environment. So it crosses over a lot. There's also those individual situations where I am by myself, such as winning that national championship. Mm -hmm. And that's where my athlete mindset comes through because I am, I'm a very, I'm a big competitor. And I also, that used to show when I used to race in high school too, as a track runner, so. And when you broke ankles on the basketball team. Correct, when I broke ankles on the basketball team. So maybe it's a mix of athlete mindset, but man, the cheerleading qualities and how humbled I was through a few <laughs> situations and how much my cheer coach used to get on me because I was a wild one. I have, you have ego, right? Everyone has ego, small ego, big ego, but healthy amigo or healthy ego is your amigo. And so now I'm there, but of like course- that. Healthy ego is your amigo. Correct. But in college, I was, you know, I was a little wild flower and I still am, you know, I'm an Aries, I'm, I'm fiery, so- I've learned how to tame that, and here I am today. Hopefully, the best version of myself I can be, but for sure because of past chapters and past seasons. Mm -hmm. Does that athlete mindset carry over to how you take care of yourself and recover from mm -hmm. show to show? I mean, you just got done with Seismic. Did you dance all three days? Did. You danced all three days, which was only, what, three days, four days ago? Yeah. And then you're going to do a show tonight. Correct. And then Dream States. In two days. <laughs> That's why I'd still be asleep if I shuffled for I think, days. And I think <laughs> how you take care of yourself is good advice also just for partiers and dancers as well. My Our buddy Roy, we're like, you got to write a book because this guy goes to Congo. He should have a punch card how often he goes to it. Yeah. And we're like, well, you need to write a longevity book for ravers. So I think you're uh -huh. one of the best people to talk to about this because I'd love mm -hmm. to learn. How do you, because I'd love to go out more, but how do you recover with the crazy sleep schedule and just, and she's exerting full on. She, yeah. She's not out there like, you're not just like dancing, <laughs> yeah, like the recovery plus the stamina that it takes to shuffle for hours and hours and hours on end. Like that's so many calories. It is. Burned. Oh my God, it's so much. Do you, do you eat a lot? Do you like yes. replenish like the days afterwards? Yes. Just <laughs> so to keep it really simple, I rest, I eat, and I spend a lot of time by myself. I don't let people come over. <laughs> I need my alone time. Um, I have boundaries. And that's where we're at. That's pretty much it. I do rest when I can. Thank the Lord. I have the luxury to sleep in and, and make my choices. With that being said, there's a lot of control over my life and making sure I stay on top of things. And that's been the craziest thing as an entrepreneur. Obviously, you guys know that. But yeah, just having control of my life helps. And I eat a lot. My meals have been so good the past two weeks. But absolutely, I have no dietary restrictions. I never will because I love food so much. But I make great meals. I make tacos for myself all the time. And I make homemade tortillas, my grandma's famous recipes. So I eat those all the time including this morning. That's your pregame <laughs> dance food? Mm -hmm. Nice. I'll eat about three to four hours before a big gig. Um, and then I'll also carry Uncrustables or protein Oof. bars in my backpack. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm really all on board. Really getting I'm, specific. Yeah, I'm on board for Uncrustables. <laughs> um, I will carry an energy drink or two in my bag mm -hmm. because when 12 a.m. hits, which is when is our stage time, we dance for headliners, 12 to 2 a.m., I want to be ready to go. I'm huge on affirmations and talking to myself. So performance days, I'm I'm looking in the mirror and are we allowed to cuss on here? Fuck yeah. Okay. I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, you are such a bad bitch. Like you get ev in this tone as well. I'm like, as I'm curling my hair, you'll get everything you want. Like you're going to dance so good tonight. You're so good at what you do. You get everything you ever want. You're just going to do so amazing tonight. You look so good today. This is just how I talk to myself. Um, That needs to happen. But I would say the food rest recovery is essential. My boundaries with where my energy is at and who I'm spending my time with is very, very important. That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Spend a lot of time with myself. And I chill. I, I think I'm a professional chiller, like a couch potato. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at relaxing. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's very important. When you chill, do you have anything specific you like to do? Just straight chill. I put my legs up. Mm. I will uh, take a hot bath, an Epsom salt bath. I will go get a pedicure for my feet because those are my money makers. True. And mm -hmm. Take care of those little lamber feeties mm -hmm. you got. <laughs> that is so funny. I'm going to put that in my pocket. Um, <laughs> just relax. I'm at home. I play lo-fi jazz music and it really calms me sometimes working. It just does. So I'll just work on things, catch up on things and do what makes me feel good. But that is all, you know, calming music, 
My phone's on do not disturb all day, every day anyways. Yeah, you're always on I am. notifications or silenced. I am. Everything. 24/7. And that's been about three or four years now, social media included. No one can get a hold of me. But I... So elusive. This <laughs> But I have to. I have to. There's so much going on sometimes between all social medias and people and... But the right people understand it. Everything's going good. I think I have a good system going on right now. Mm. It, it's really been locked in the past year or so. But the biggest thing for me that I had to learn were my boundaries. I'm a recovering people pleaser. And my home still, I love having people over. People can come over anytime they want. And I'm happy about that. I'm used to growing up in a home like that. And my home is that as well. But now, for example, a big performance weekend like Seismic, I just can't have anyone over. I want to be able to come home, sleep. It's quiet. And when I wake up, it's quiet. I can have my coffee and, mm -hmm. and just do me. But mm -hmm. I think that's huge for high performers is knowing the boundaries because mm -hmm. it's so easy to get trapped in doing things with people for people. And especially mm -hmm. when you come from a culture like, you know, Mexicana culture, or mm -hmm. Arabic culture, like European culture, like it's very, we want to have people over. We right. want to like do stuff and have events and things. So you have to be really diligent on Absolutely. In your space. I would say that's the main thing though. Yeah. Just I, yeah. I feel like you, for you to be successful, if you didn't have those strong boundaries, you wouldn't be where you are. Yeah. I wouldn't be, no. And it's very impressive. And uh, I feel like I'm taking a lot away from this. Apply to myself. <laughs> I'm super scattered all over the place and I let energy leak <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that because I feel the same. And, and sometimes my life or even when I'm conversing with someone, I'm a very much popcorn talker, but that's where I thrive the most. I just love sitting with people and throwing out what's on your mind and catching what you want and giving back what, you, what comes to mind. So I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. But yeah, that's pretty much it there. Well, let's lay down some wisdom for the beginner shufflers. Yeah. Ooh. Like people just getting into it, advice you have for people interested and people just beginning their journey with it. I think we've already learned quite a bit just from your own story, but you know, your own advice to new shufflers that mm -hmm. maybe want to go down a similar path that you have. They want to be on those big stages. They want to travel to different yeah. countries, right? They want to, you know, and I imagine it can be overwhelming at different levels mentally, right? It can take big hits. And if you don't apply some of these disciplines that you have, you're just not going to make it. And you've probably seen a lot of people alongside of you, shufflers that have fallen off along the way. So you probably know a lot of pitfalls. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to take this part to speak to new shufflers or people mm -hmm. thinking about getting into it. Yeah. First of all, any new shufflers out there, because there's so many and Every single day, there's just more messages of people feeling inspired. And I love you. I love you guys. I love everyone that, you know, sees the passion and is just wants to start dancing because of it. And that's just beautiful. So first of all, thank you for being here. If you're a beginner shuffler and you're ready to get started, I'm so happy you're here. I would say the first thing I would want to mention is shuffling is really shiny right now. With that being said, um, I just want people to have fun with it first. At the core, shuffling is a direct connection to the music. And the best shufflers that I've seen that have maybe one succeeded in whatever that means for them, or two just still dance, to be honest, started because the passion and the music. And so just like, you know, start with your reason and your why and enjoy that so much. There's a line that we say it's enjoy being a beginner. Um, I get a lot of questions for sure, how to perform and how to do this. And it's a beautiful life that I live. I love it so much. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Just want others to make sure that that's what they want to. There's so many facets to shuffling and it's so beautiful. So for sure, explore your dance for as much as you want. There's so much beauty in this journey. So if you really want to, you know, start to learn how to shuffle, I would encourage you just to connect with some people online that really inspire you or if you can find shuffle classes near you. So I started teaching shuffle classes in Austin two years ago, and I just actually passed the five year anniversary of my first shuffle class ever. And that is just a really beautiful thing to think about. But there's a I think of shuffling as a, a pie and there's pieces of the pie. And I think the most well-rounded dancers can get a piece of all of it. Meaning, if you can go in the studio and, and join some skill-building classes, do that. 
we, we love a good coach. We love accountability, right? And we love consistency. So one of the best formulas I've ever seen happen was when I did consistent Tuesday night classes. And now we have just insane shufflers. The, the learning growth is just so much shorter than what it used to be. Things have changed so much. Um, Real quick, people who want mm -hmm. to join in. My Where classes. is it? Yeah. Yeah. So you can view all my classes on my website, sierrashuffles.com. It's always there. Mm -hmm. sierrashuffles.com. I teach locally, but I also tour and teach. So wherever I can get the opportunity to, you know, host a space, I'm happy to do it. And I, you know, I see myself doing that for the next few years, as long as I can. I'll be touring in the beginning of 2024 again. And closing out some classes here in Austin for a little bit. And there'll always be some pop-up classes here. But absolutely, you get in the studio. That's very important. What's also very important is to look at your local community because there's probably shufflers around you. But go to the rave. Go to the rave. Go dance. That's the best advice we can give the kids these days. <laughs> go to raves. <laughs> Just kids. do it. Just go to raves. You have to, though. You have to hear the music live. And you have mm -hmm. to be surrounded by other like-minded individuals. Because that's what lights up your spirit and starts to ignite the fire within you. And then, of course, if you're also going to those skill-building classes... You just you're you're doing it all together, so that's good. So it's usually if you go to the rave, show up to the to that portion, go to the studio if you can, and you know, be a good community member and meet meet the people around you and engage. That's pretty much it. You will excel in shuffling if you have that little small piece of formula, mm -hmm. and, it, and then it becomes a beautiful journey. But yeah. I I grew up in shuffling here in Texas, and I've had a great experience just because I've also had great leaders too and great music. So mm -hmm. that's amazing. Mm -hmm. What's the next vision? Like you've mm -hmm. built this entire business, traveling the country, teaching people how to shuffle, like really like expanding on an art form. Yeah. And like we talked about before, you had a vision, but you didn't, you weren't married mm -hmm. to the concept of it. You just surrendered to it. Where do you see this going next? Yeah. So that can also get into performance shuffling next because I haven't given much advice on that either on how to really get started on that. Mm. It's so new. Like I'm just doing it for the first time myself. And so it's a beautiful journey. Um, but I think next for me, I see things continuing to expand. If I'm being really honest, the past six months of my life have been the most clear for me in my head. Mm. The past two years, 2019, 2020 2021 were really hard years so really blurry um so the past six months i'm just like wow like look at what's happened in my life the past few years imagine where you could go so i think just expanding on the performance level it's only been about two years that we're in comparison to how much you can go if we're talking about me Continuing that, you know, I understand I have a shelf life. I understand that I'm going to dance for as long as I can, but I know there's leadership roles I'm going to fully enjoy when I get there. Going back to that leadership and and the tasks and the the job that I have, even when it came to cheerleading or sports, like I've always enjoyed that role. So it's just going to look the same when it comes that time in shuffling. As far as battling goes, that's another category in shuffling. I actively judge. I'm also judging a battle this Sunday in Los Angeles. So I'm there too. Um, as long as there's shuffling going on, I'm probably will enjoy still being in the mix. I do it for myself. I do also do it for the community. And then I don't know if I'll be teaching forever. Uh, just be, I enjoy it for now. It's been really, really fun, but I'm going to do that until I turn into another passion project. I've always been someone that pivots, pivot and go into the next passion project. So that's digital courses. That's other things like that. Podcast, podcasting is fun. Just continuing to be believe that I can do anything and trust in, in what's been going on with this dance. I've just really reflected recently and realized the power of shufflers and what everyone's doing and, and how much there are of us. And any city I go to, there's shufflers, there's friends, and, and every festival now is just infested with shufflers. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like this seismic dance event was full of shufflers. And I also came out the top promoter, but that's only because shufflers use my code. It's just crazy. Being in Texas is so, you know, revitalizing because being in Seattle, A, the shows up there are just so lame and there's not a lot of <laughs> venues. <laughs> Fuck that place so hard. I but I remember coming down here, pandemic still going on. Me, my sister, Roy, we're at like a parking lot in June, a live stream 
where everybody's, you know, six feet apart with their cars. And, and I was like, damn, there's a lot of dancers. And then the first time going to concourse, I was like, this reminds me of like when I was really young and we'd go to underground raves and there'd be massive mm. circles and then gone away for the last 10 years. And then down here, I'm like, oh shit, there's a lot of ravers. There's a lot of oh, dancers down here. I love that. It's so vibrant down here. I love that. This it's such I feel like a, rave community in Texas is amazing. Yeah. You're right. It's it's easy to get used to it when you're here, but I also have heard it from so many peers that have been visiting. Or when my students and my friends go to other festivals. There was a recent festival I wasn't able to go to, but a lot of my friends did in Texas and you know, I had all my friends texting me, all my shuffle friends from throughout the years texting me. They're like, hey, I just met your students. And like, it makes complete sense. Like these people are amazing. And and another comment that I got recently from these circles that you're talking about. Yeah, we, we sort of huddle up naturally and someone takes the space in the middle. It's called a shuffle circle. And this person, that's just your moment to kind of go off and dance and just and do your thing and everyone's giving you love. But I was told recently by another peer that everyone in Texas is just ready to go. And what that means is, say I'm dancing in the circle and I give energy to someone, I just dance towards them for a second. It could almost be like bucking up to them, but really it's just energy exchange. They're ready to go, they're gonna answer to it and now they're gonna get in the circle and dance. And that is dance culture, like that is shuffle culture. and you don't necessarily find that everywhere. You're not ready to talk like that in dance because dance is a language. We're talking to mm -hmm. each other. And so you're right. That is very, very special here. I was looking back on videos earlier today on my phone from four years ago of me dancing in a circle and it was still like that here in Texas. And I was like, mm -hmm. I've known this. No wonder I am the way I am because I grew up in this. I learned the ways through my elders, and now I'm that person that screams and pushes people in the circle or bucks up to people so they get turned up. Like my students know how to buck up because, you know, I'm their teacher. So you're right. It's just so special here, and I never take that for granted. I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> it's amazing. Fuck yeah. And I want to have you touch on, for all the shufflers listening that have been consistent, going to classes, mm -hmm. getting into being right. a professional shuffler, I know you must have a lot of advice and I want mm -hmm. those listeners to really uh, be able to take uh, your wisdom away. Right. I feel like the biggest shift for me has been thinking about shuffling and uh, just that segue going into the professional world. I, I first came into the professional world and I think the first step is understanding you're entering a go-go space. Go-go is is the history of dancing next to a DJ. So you, you want to integrate yourself. And with that being said, take advice from what Go-Go was doing. What is what is their structure? Uh, what is the logistics behind all those things? So first step, just being mindful of that and maybe learn how to do a little bit of go-go. Like learn how to move your shoulders a little bit more and wake up that upper body because shuffling really is uh, comfortable with the feet only. And we we stay there for a long time. But I think one of my first pieces of advice maybe to wake up flow to further get you to a professional, maybe performance level at least, is wake up that upper body, get your chest moving, wake up your shoulders. So even when I'm warming up in class and at home, I spend a lot of time just doing shoulder rolls, um, all those things. So expand yourself as a dancer. You know, shuffling is beautiful, but what's that next level? Um, I would envision yourself there. I would become that character. I ha I hold many characters, such as Beyonce has Sasha. Like you have these superstars, stardom people having these characters that they take. And I encourage people to also do that. I mean, going back to those affirmations I'm talking about, it's just another level you sometimes have to be at with mindset. I also prepared this character mindset work before I battled, you know, and, and those things are very important. So I would say, yeah, take your dance to the next level, to a performer level. Be that, become that, be confident in doing that and tell yourself you can do it. The next thing I would say is simply go into the classrooms of the people that are doing it. It's just as you would go to the the choreographer for Justin Bieber, you would go to that class if you want to dance for Justin Bieber. It's just like that is, we're just entering a shuffle world. So I always like to look at the dance industry and make connections to what does that look like in the shuffle dance industry and how we build that, how we professionalize that. So that's what we're currently doing. Uh, tonight, my best friend is actually hosting a performance workshop for the first time in Austin. So this is crazy stuff. Like this is happening right now. Um, 
I would do that. And then lastly, I just think branding and social media and making sure you're presentable and ready to go is super important. And that also just ties back into professionalism. I graduated with my business marketing degree. So I naturally love social media. I love marketing. And prior to shuffling, I worked in digital marketing. So yes, I managed so many social media accounts, up to 30 small businesses. And I did work with a news station for a little bit, did talent behind the camera and in front of it. But all that to be said, I would just focus on that. Post videos, please. Like you have to post videos. You have to uh, be comfortable with yourself and also be comfortable with all forms of art. And, And it looks, for example, I'm just thinking about this, but for example, we have guy shufflers on our team, which you know, we don't have guy go-go. I've never seen that personally, but in shuffling, now we're integrating shuffling with go-go. It's such a unique look and idea, but not only do we have shuffling for the first time, but we have guy shufflers. So just knowing and believing that you can do it. Um, You're not too good for anything and you're also not good enough. And I think that's small ego and big ego again. Just Mm. believe that you can do it. Put yourself in the rooms that you should be in. Network, connect with people, support the artists that you want to support. That's all I did. Like I am T78's number one fan. And for that reason, I'm just happy that I could dance for him today. And he knows that, you know what I mean? Um, so all, all those good things, you know, don't be afraid to be passionate across the boards. I am quite Delulu sometimes. You can look back on my TikTok. And two years ago, I made a TikTok and I'm like sitting in my car and I said, why can't shufflers dance next to DJs? I'm going to do it. I would actually do those things. So, you know, be a little crazy, be a little, be extremely passionate. Don't be shy. Network again, put yourself in the right rooms and just be a good person and and excel yourself as a dancer. There's so much growth in dance. It's really fun. Yeah. There's a very thin line between success and crazy. Yes. And a lot of times they're exactly the same. Uh That's Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm really grateful. Like the story you just told about expanding the art of shuffling, like having guys shufflers up or even just having shufflers on a stage dancing next to a DJ doing go-go style. It's improving and like jetting out the the rave culture mm-hmm. in a way that I think is so necessary because so many cultures are dying. Mm-hmm. So many rave mm-hmm. cultures, I should say, are dying. Mm-hmm. Like glo- I'm a glover. Nobody gloves uh... anymore. Every time I go to a show, like there's one time I was gloving and somebody was like, whoa, that's so cool. What is that? I, I haven't like, that's seen- That's heart, heartbreaking that no, people just don't know what it is. You're so right. I haven't seen someone glove in a long time. Aww. Totally. So that's sad that that's dying, but it's also really heartwarming to see that shuffling is growing and scaling. And, oh my and, God. and you're like really pushing that forward, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I've realized that it takes a team and it takes a lot of people to contribute to pushing it forward. Mm-hmm. And I see that and I've noticed that and I realize that I'm a big part of that. So it further makes me want to just work hard and be the best person I can be and be a good leader. And there's other leaders across the shuffle community that I love to stay in touch with and work with still. So I agree with you and I understand and I 100% see how it's just, it is important what I'm doing and I'm so happy to do it, but it takes a lot of people and it takes a team, but it's needed. You have to have those people to keep pushing it along and to keep it alive and keep the passion alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keep people active. You know, I'm like, get in the studio Tuesday nights. Let's tap in. Like, let's tap in. You never you never leave the studio feeling worse than you did going in. Like no matter what, if I show up, everyone else shows up, we're good. Like we were just, I had a class this past Tuesday, seismic Tuesday class. Uh, you know, we're tapped it's in. Impressive. We're clocked in. <laughs> so it's very alive. It feels good. Yeah. You're like an energizer bunny. I have to be. Yeah. That's funny. I just, I gave another shuffler that name recently. So I think about him. He does not stop dancing at concourse, but we, we called him the uh, energizer bunny. Mm-hmm. But there, yeah, there's people that keep it, keep it alive. So thankful for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, where are we at? We got four we're minutes. Almost, yeah, we're almost we're almost there. Yeah, we do, got more do time. Do you have anything you want to say to the Texas rave community? <sighs> the Texas rave community. All the ravers. Man, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is such an open ended. I just I, yeah, I just You're love so I love promoting. Right. 
Texas and raves and I Texas agree. Raves. I am so <laughs> brought to you by Texas raves. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, it's two fun guys. A government podcast, funded, <laughs> sponsored by Texas raves. <laughs> I am so proud to be from Texas. I'm just so proud for the community that I've grown up in. I'm so thankful for the leaders I've had. I've had leaders in Texas, but I've also had leaders across the United States. Um, I've had good experiences and I've had horrible experiences. I've been told yes many times. I'm sorry, no, many, many times and yes, a few times, but those yeses have been so shiny and great. But I don't know, I just look back on how I grew up as a dancer and I couldn't imagine myself anywhere else. I'm just so thankful for the little girl in me that just always stayed confident and passionate and focused on her own lane and didn't listen to what anyone else had to say because woo, people... When you're doing something for the first time, you better be ready to be misunderstood or just be ready to be questioned or just everything under the sun. I mean, to this day, but I have the right people behind me and that's what I've focused on. And again, some of those people here in Texas, my core, my core, and that's been important in my journey. And then I have other friends as well, but you know, the Texas rave community has completely supported me from the very beginning which is funny because we really were just dancing together, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then we just dance together in exchange. And then I start to develop some type of career out of it. And, you know, the right people stuck around and we just all grow up together. So I'm just so happy to be here. And then also shout out to the rest of the United States. I have so many supporters across the U.S. and the world. Um, I'm just so held up. Even around COVID times, I was doing a lot of online classes and just my students across the world. Some of my students have built out, many of my students have built out their own things. Dance teams for labels, dance teams in their given area. I mean, I'm talking with a girl right now that's leading her dance team like we're doing here in Canada right now. My other girlfriend in Toronto, like there's so, so, so much. So really I love Texas so much and then it goes so much far beyond but we're all connected by passion and music and the love for the dance, aren't we? Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Well, one testimonial for your mm -hmm. for your classes, whether anybody's in Chicago or Corpus Christi or Austin, they're going <laughs> to come to one of your classes. I, I've been to one of your beginner shuffle classes and never have I seen people pick up shuffling so fast, mm. which I think speaks volumes to you as a teacher because People who have never tried shuffling a day in their life came to your class. And by the end of it, you had taught the whole class a flow and people were doing it like and they looked really good. Yeah. Which is so hard. It took me months to figure out the running man, <laughs> just like in the parking lot, blasting house music, just like trying to get it down and couldn't get it. And you were able to impart that knowledge so quickly. So if anybody wants to learn how to shuffle, I mean, this is your chance. Pimp yourself out. Where You talked about Absolutely. your website a little bit, but where can they get to you? Absolutely. So you can always find me doing all the traveling and the teaching and the performing, but my main website is sierrashuffles.com or if you just want to use my government name, sierracastro.com. Uh, both will take you there. And that is my main website on all socials. I am sierracastro underscore and Sierra Shuffles. So got those two pages going, but I'm always posting. I'm always active. I love teaching. I wouldn't be teaching if I didn't love it so much. So thank you for also the call out on it being a good class. I take a lot of pride in that. And um, the curriculum I've built has been from me and cheerleading has also helped with that because didn't mention this earlier, but I've also traveled and taught cheerleading across the state of Texas before I even did shuffling ever. So I was a coach and cheerleading for close to 10 years. Um, it's just all transferred over and I apply technique structure everything so thank you i've i've become the best teacher through my students i've learned so much through teaching mm -hmm. mm. so sierrashuffles.com baby come in the studio come learn how to shuffle it's the best dance ever especially if you love music you heard it here first <laughs> let it ride let it ride that's right thank you sierra <laughs>